Hello loves and welcome to the Introverts Toolbox, the podcast for introverts who feel like the world's kind of fucked up, where the biggest and craziest people get all the success, and we're left wondering like, oh my god, what the hell do we do? My name's Karen Hewitt and I am your host and we're going to go over systems, methods and skills you can use as an introvert to be authentically you and be successful. So subscribe and share this on your social media and don't forget to give us five stars and let's get started. Well, hello, hello, my loves. You know what the one thing I hear about an introvert? We don't talk to people. We have this thing where everyone thinks we're shy and little wallflowers. We stand there. We don't have conversations. We don't build relationships. Well, I'm going to call it out. I'm, I'm going to say that that's not the case. We just don't like those stupid conversations like, how's the weather? Like, seriously, if you want to know how the weather is, there's a window right there. Go look. You don't need to ask me that. But we want to build community and have conversations that mean something in depth. Now, you know, I like to bring people to the podcast to discuss the certain things, to give you tools, to give you systems, to give you ideas that you can use as an introvert to build your life, build your business, build your career. And we want you to be successful. Well, today's no different. How many of you go to your kitchen and look in the cupboards and go, oh my God, I don't know idea what I'm going to eat. And it's like, do I need to really order Uber Eats one more time? Or can I come up with something? What if I was to tell you that someone not only built a recipe site, but they built it based on community. And this is how people having discussions. This is about people coming together. This is about people working together and collaborating. And then I tell you that person's an introvert. A few of you go, oh no, she's having conversations. That's not going to be the case. That's not how an introvert works. But Annie Singer is here with me today, and that's what she does. She has built this entire community, this whole group of people, these food bloggers, these individuals that come together to create a resource for just regular people who are sick and tired of, what, you know, they don't want mac and cheese one more time. It, it, it's done. It's over. It's gone. And so we're going to talk about her life as an introvert and how she developed this community style without feeling inauthentic or anything like that. Good morning, Annie. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. So I already laid out, you have this website that is a community-based recipe. What inspired that move? What was it that made you go, oh, this is missing. We need to do this. Yeah. So it came from my own frustrations, really. You know, COVID happened and I was working in an office full-time at that time, commuting an hour and a half each way to and from work. So three hours total commute time every day. And suddenly that three hours was mine again. I got to reclaim that because the office shut down and I was working from home. And so I shifted a lot in my life and ended up cooking a lot more because now, you know, I can make dinner. I'm not getting home at 7 p.m. exhausted from a full day of work. And so I started cooking more. And the way that the standard home cook finds recipes is you say, I have chicken in my pantry and I have pasta in my pantry. What am I going to make with this? So you Google, you know, chicken and pasta recipe. And the first thing that comes up is usually going to be food blogs. So you go to that food blog and it's a really frustrating experience for me. And I think for any home cook who's done it, you go to this food blog and instantly you're bombarded with ads. There are pop-ups, there are videos that automatically start playing. You're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and it's just not formatted to be friendly to home cooks when you've got dough on your fingers. You know, fingers are greasy from touching chicken. And so I thought to myself, why 
is this experience so frustrating? Why hasn't anyone created an ad-free format of this? And how, you know, just thinking ideas in my head, how can I solve that really frustrating problem? And I looked at the solutions that were already out there. And what I noticed was that those solutions only focused on the home cooks, only focused on the users of the website. You can pop in a blog URL, the website name, and it will scrape that website and only show you the ingredients and the directions and bam, you can cook from it more easily. But recipes are inherently community oriented, familially oriented. They have important cultural and historical context. And I think that's the reason why all of these platforms in the past have failed is because they aren't community based. And so I, you know, engineered this, this solution that is community focused. We partner directly with Right now we're at, I think, 37 food bloggers and creators, and we've built relationships with them. And then, you know, they license their content to us voluntarily so that we can connect users, home cooks with these ad-free recipes. So the difficult part of this is you wanted that community and you had to start the reach out. You were the initiator here. And this is the one thing that a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I have to do that. I have to start the conversation. How did you do that? What was it that you did to get over that little hurdle? Yeah, so initially it was talking to people I know and I'm comfortable with. So my friends and families who also cook at home, you know, they're e- it's easy to call your mom and say, you know, what do you think about this, this experience when you're cooking something, mom? You know, what are your frustrations? And I also have a couple of food bloggers that I know personally too. And so I, you know, one of the first things I did was reach out to the food bloggers that I know personally and say, what are your frustrations? What do you think about the existing types of solutions out there? Um, So really just warming myself up, validating that this is a problem that exists. It's also a problem on the creator side. Food bloggers are also frustrated with the experience. So talking to the people I knew was the first step. And from there, I had to go into the really uncomfortable zone. I sent probably 150 cold emails to different people just reaching out. And that's where it started becoming increasingly challenging, but it ended up turning out great. Okay, you just said like to the worst words I've ever heard. That's code messaging. Oh, it is cringeworthy. I agree. (laughs) There are days even now, and it's been just a continual challenge where I am procrastinating. I'm, you know, I have my task list. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to open my email inbox today. It's not, not a struggle. It's continually been a struggle. So I have problems with email avoidance on social media, comment avoidance, all of that kind of stuff where I'm like, I don't even want to look at it. And so I've had to set boundaries with myself to A, push me forward, push me out of my comfort zone. I have to have these conversations in order to be successful in this business and to build this as a community. But also I've set boundaries to protect my energy and protect my time so that I'm not sleeping 24 seven because I'm so exhausted from constantly talking to people. Okay. I'm going to pick up one magic word that you said there. Boundaries. Boundaries, I think are the most challenging thing for anyone, whether they're introverted or extroverted to set, but they're several times more important for introverts because we have to protect that energy source to refill it. What 
would you say to someone who's struggling to set boundaries? How would you have them do that? I mean, start one piece at a time. You know, you're not setting hard lines for everything. There are always going to be exceptions where you can push through that boundary, but understand that it is for you and you are important. It's important for me to feel good in my job, in this business, outside. When I stop working at night, I need to have a life that I enjoy. And setting boundaries protects all of the things that are important to you. So really just holding the belief that you deserve to protect your energy and to have, you know, a happier life. And that for me, it, just prioritizing myself and understanding that I'm an introvert, that talking to people is going to be really challenging sometimes or most of the time, and that I can, I can do both. I can talk to people, you know, for half of the day, but I can also set the boundary so that I'm not exceeding where I can successfully communicate with people. The one way I also like to look at it is, and you're probably the same way, when you make a promise to somebody, you're really good about holding that side of yeah. your, you're really good. Because introverts, we have this tendency because a lot of us also have a tendency to be a little bit empathic. We feel what people are feeling. We don't want to disappoint. We don't want to feel that pain, that negativity, that bad energy. So when we make a promise to someone, we really do carry it out. Think about boundaries, listeners, as saying a promise to yourself. Do you really want the blowback for breaking a promise to yourself? And if you can't keep a promise to yourself, how do you expect to keep promises to other people? And this is where we pull in your personal integrity and we really want you to step it up and hold that accountability to yourself. It's, it, to me, it's one of the most important things. And I'm so glad that you have recognized that in your business, especially that you are doing these outgoing activities that are challenging, that are causing that little bit of apprehension. I'll totally agree with you on the email avoidance. I sometimes look at my email and go, yep. <laughs> what do you do to recharge? How do you recharge yourself? Because that battery needs to be yeah. up high at most levels. So what is it that you do? How do you enjoy your life? I like to disconnect from technology or disconnect from communication technology, I guess, because I still watch TV and that kind of stuff. But in the evenings, and especially if I'm feeling stressed or if I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'll put my phone in a different room. The phone is charging in my bedroom. I am out watching TV in the living room. I also enjoy gardening. And so it's now March. I live in Wisconsin in the United States and we can't plant most things outside until the very end of May. So we're still really, really far away away from that. But I'm just now getting to start my seeds so that later I can transplant them outside. And that nurturing a little plant who doesn't have a voice, it's not talking to me, Yeah, you know, it's nurturing for me. I enjoy caring for, you know, my little seedlings and seeing them grow and succeed and become food eventually. That's something really awesome and restorative to me. And then in the summer, I do a worker share on a CSA farm, which is a community supported agriculture program where there's a community farm. And one day a week, I forget about work and I'm obviously privileged to be able to do that. But one day a week, I'm not getting paid. I'm out in the field, you know, planting things and hoeing the field, weeding, picking vegetables. And that to me is a great way to disconnect. I don't have my phone. I'm working. I'm working in the ground with my hands. And it really allows me to recharge while I'm just stepping away and focusing on myself. I love that the gardening, that nature, getting back to something that grounds you. 
And this is the biggest misconception. And we've talked about it on a few of the podcasts. We discuss this quite often is there is this misconception that, that introverts were shy. We're not actually shy. And we do like that community. We do like having people to talk to. We also like to like, okay, you can go away now. I need alone time. It's my book, my TV, my gardening. And I've noticed here, something's coming up that's like a repeating theme for you. You've got your community with the recipes. You've got your community with the gardening. So you do crave that sense of community, that sense of belonging, even if it can be a little bit overwhelming at times because of so much energy around you. How do you think that having this business and having this volunteer outreach, how do you think that impacts you as an individual? You know, like you're saying, connection is important. I'm not like a, a schmooze at a cocktail party type of person. That's not my community. That's not my energy exchange. That's not where being sociable is something that I enjoy. But obviously having some friendships that are close to you, gardening when I'm out and on the farm, that's actually one of the very few in-person engagements that I have. I just moved to this part of the, the country. I moved across the country last year. So I don't have hardly any friends here. I don't have any family here. And those are the first people that I was able to connect to locally. And we're connecting over something that matters to all of us. So like you're mentioning, a deep connection with people rather than, you know, we're not talking the whole time. It's not how's the weather. We're outside. We know what the weather's like. We're not just having just frivolous, frilly conversations, which to some people is enjoyable and important, and that's totally okay. But we're learning, we're growing together, we're doing something. It's restorative for the earth, the way that this farm operates. The goal is to use restorative agriculture that, you know, restores the nutrients into the soil and that uses natural rainwater and all of those kinds of things. And so it's, again, is community focused and it, it's important to us. Oh, that is awesome. I love that you moved across country. You've made these big changes. Not only did you make a big change in doing something that was, you saw a need and you fixed that. You've moved. And at the same time, you're like, okay, let's find a community. Let's build something and let's do some good in the world. And that really leads into something else that introverts have. We like to have purpose. It doesn't need to be aimless. It doesn't need to be, well, you know, let's go have a cocktail or, okay, well, we'll go shopping randomly, I guess, and have coffee. It's, oh, no, we're doing something with a meaning, with a purpose, with a goal. So if you're needing to find community, I think the biggest lesson you can take from this is find something that you're passionate about helping. Find something that you want to give back on, that you want to see a change in, and find a community or a nonprofit or a volunteer organization that works around that. Because when the passion's there, it's not as stressful as an introvert because you can see the meaning behind it. And that makes us integrate much easier. So we've talked about how you came up with the idea and that you started reaching out to people and how you recharge. Now, what would you say was the biggest change that has come about in your life since you started to go down the path of having this online community and these other communities? What are the biggest changes that you've seen happen? So for me, I enjoy what I do a lot more than I used to. And previous to starting this company, I worked full-time as director of marketing for, you know, relatively well-known company, which is 
a, a basically a huge affiliate website that drives traffic to other websites. You know, if you're you're looking up what's the best toaster oven, this is a website that tells you what the best toaster oven is and then sends you a link to that product. And they get paid when you purchase that product through their link, which to me is I'm sending traffic and people purchasing to Amazon is primary purpose of that business is to send people to Amazon to purchase things. And I'm personally not a huge fan of Amazon, the way that they operate, the way that they treat their employees, the way that they treat small businesses. So that was very unfulfilling work to me. I was doing it because they were paying me to do it. And I was doing the best I could just as a human being, which is what we do, you know, when we're in jobs, we don't love, but we have bills to pay. And so I was able luckily to step back from that and start solving a problem that I, as a human being, as a home cook, it's a problem that I experience and that I'm frustrated with and that so many other people are also frustrated with, you know, heavy things going on in the world. And I'm not solving all of these super serious problems in the world that do need to be addressed. I'm not solving climate change. I'm not doing something that solves the major crises in the world, but I'm doing something that helps people connect with food, enjoy their food more. And that to me is important because we eat typically three or more times a day and getting more enjoyment out of that can improve your life. So it's working on something that aligns with my values. And when you spend 30 to 50 hours a week working, no matter what, you know, we all have to work to, to survive and to pay rent. But doing something that is solving a problem and that is helping people connect with food and connect with other people and learn more about food from different cultures, it just feels a lot more fulfilling to me than sending more sales to Amazon. I want to pull on something that you said there, and that's about, you know, you're not solving climate change, you're not solving these big problems. But honestly, all the problems in the world, they can be categorized as big, they can be categorized as small. But even if one small problem is taken away, that makes the world a less problematic place. And I think a lot of people get caught in the world. You know, I could fix this, but it's not really a big deal. I should be doing something bigger. I should be doing something better. And there's this cycle where we don't feel like things we do are enough. But what if that one small thing that you're doing makes someone feel that one little bit better, that they're able to take on a problem that's slightly bigger? And then that person's able to take, they help somebody else who's able to take on a slightly bigger problem. So even the littlest things, you could be helping solve climate change by the people that you impact. And I want you to give yourself credit and I want our listeners also to give themselves credit. Like just a small act of kindness or a small change or a small way of making the world better. You don't know where that ripple effect goes. It's like the butterfly effect effect a butterfly can flap its wings on one side of the world and cause massive climate change on the other so when people are like oh it's not a big problem i always say no 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 no. you don't understand the impact you don't understand that roller coaster how it can grow into such a big impact just because that one little thing you did helped someone to do something a little bigger a little bigger a little bigger a little bigger and you're serving two sides of a community here which is just absolutely huge. And I'm loving what you're doing. I'm loving how you're working through all these introverted tendencies, that you're able to do the co-messaging, that you're building the boundaries, that you're doing the recharging, and you're creating a product that you're passionate about. And I want people to also think, well, what are you passionate about? What is it you want to create? 
now. Annie, if people wanted to find your website, find your community, find you, where are they going to do that? Where are they going to find you if they look you up? Yeah. So if you're interested in the business in the company, it's called Recipe. It's spelled R-E-C-I-P-L-E. And you can find us just at Recipe.com. And if you want to connect with me personally, if you have questions about the business, about, you know, my experience starting a business as an introvert, anything like that, you can also connect with me on LinkedIn. And Karen, I'll send you a link to my LinkedIn page that you can share with people. Awesome. I'm going to be connected with you on LinkedIn afterwards because I just love how much passion you have for this. And this is phenomenal. So the lesson today that I'm taking is community isn't something that introverts avoid. It's something we crave, but we crave community with purpose. So whatever you do, make those connections with purpose and how you feel strong and passionate about. I want you to put in the comments, whether you're watching this on social media or on the podcast, drop in the comments, what was something that you took away from today? What is something that you can take and put in your toolbox and use to help you grow as an individual, a business owner, a career person, a parent, because everything we listen to, there's always a little tiny nugget that we can use to grow from. Thank you so much, Annie. It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. I cannot wait to see where recipe goes. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Introverts Toolbox. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And you know what? I want to know. What is one thing you learned today? Is there something that you're going to take and use in your life or your business? Let me know below.